Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse Conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Marcia Minor Phillips. Marcia was a Disneyland tour guide and VIP hostess and was selected as a 1967 Disneyland ambassador to the world. 1967 was a huge year for Disneyland, which saw the grand opening of an all-new updated Tomorrowland, including the Tomorrowland Terrace with its stage that rose out of the ground, along with new attractions such as the General Electric Carousel of Progress, Adventure Through Inner Space, and the updated Circle Vision Theater with America the Beautiful, a new 360-degree movie. The Rocket to the Moon show became Flight to the Moon, and the People Mover began transporting guests on a scenic tour of the new land. In New Orleans Square, which opened the previous year, Pirates of the Caribbean made its debut with a grand opening ceremony that began on the Columbia sailing ship before escorting the press to the attraction. Marcia was present for all the year's excitement. Sadly, however, just a month after Marcia was named ambassador, Walt Disney passed away. Marcia had no choice but to continue representing all that Walt had established and bringing the joy of Walt Disney around the globe. In fact, Marcia had to step into Walt's shoes to take over a duty that had always been his. Since 1954, Walt hosted his anthology television series, which by the 1960s was entitled Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Standing in a soundstage at the Walt Disney Studios, with images of Disneyland composited behind her to appear that she was really standing at the park, just as it had been done with Walt Disney, Marcia hosted an episode entitled From the Pirates of the Caribbean to the World of Tomorrow, which showcased all the exciting new things Disneyland had to offer. To begin this conversation from 2013, I asked Marcia about how she got her start with Disney. Here's Marcia Minor Phillips. I was going to junior college there in Fullerton, and I was working at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh. And uh, my uncle had done a lot of work for the Knott's and designed a lot of the things there. And since I wasn't quite 18, it was hard to get a job after I graduated from high school, so he got me a job at Knott's Berry Farm. And when I was at uh, junior college, I, I just realized I didn't want to stay at Knott's much longer, and a couple of people were talking about Disneyland. And they said, yeah, and if you can speak a language, it really helps. They hire you faster, and you even get more money. And uh, since I grew up in South America, I thought, well, maybe I'll try that bit. So on kind of a lark, I went and and interviewed, and um, they gave me a 22-page script to memorize and then come back, and I made tour guide. So that was, gosh, I'm trying to think, that was in 63. Wow. And was it a tour of Disneyland? Was that what the script was? Yeah, yeah, because the tour guide, you took a two-and-a-half-hour tour with people, um, groups of 20 to 25 people. And at that point, you know, it was you wore the crazy outfits with the riding cap and the knee socks and everything, and you had your uh, crop, and you raised the crop to keep your tour together, and you would go through the park and do a two-and-a-half-hour tour. And so you had your script that you told about the different areas, and then you had to be prepared for any other questions about different things and how things were put together and when they started and and all all that kind of thing. Hmm. It was just a trick of it. You had to keep the people moving on your set tours of where you had to go, keep them all together, get them on and off the rides, (laughs) and... and, uh, 
you know, and you usually did two of those a day, one in the morning and then one in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Did the tours always go as planned? Do you remember anything, any unusual situations? Or no, they usually went pretty much as planned. Um, I don't really remember anything unusual with those tours. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, you know, I told you about the blind woman I took through one day, but I think that was as a hostess, not as a tour guide, because I only did the tour guide for about six months. Okay. Well, what was that with the blind woman? You know, she came into the park, and I think she came into City Hall, and um, I don't remember if somebody was with her, because it was just the two of us on the tour, but she had to have had somebody that brought her over. And I have a kind of a remembrance that there was some kind of a conference going on at the Disneyland Hotel, and she was there for it oh. and was one of the speakers and just wanted to come in and see the park. And she got there just a couple hours before the park closed. Oh, wow. And um, I, w when we were the hostesses, we stayed in a little room behind City Hall. And if people had questions or needed things, they'd come in there. And I don't remember if somebody set up the tour for her or not, but I was there and available at that time, and so I went out with her. And, and that was fascinating, just because we all rely on our eyes so much to see everything. And Disneyland is such a visual uh, a place. There's so much of the colors, the trees, uh, the landscaping, everything. Right that uh, it, it was really a neat experience because you had to stop and really look hard. And then how do you convey, you know, that magical feeling and the excitement of the way things are done to somebody that, that can't see it? Yeah. And maybe has never been any place like it because, you know, in the, in the early 60s, Disneyland was still just, uh, a rare place. There wasn't anything really like it. Yeah. In any way. So that was that was fascinating. I think just because it stretched me, and it also gave me a whole different perspective yeah. on what to look for. Because the sounds were there, and and the tiki room trying to explain <laughs> what was going on overhead and around her and everything wow. else. And, and try to ta tell her about the bird of paradise when she'd never really seen a plant like that in her life. Oh, yeah. But uh, that, that was fascinating. Yeah. That, that I really enjoyed. And I think that being there when Walt was still alive was special uh, yeah. because you never knew when you were going to run into him in the park. And, and did you get to work with him or run into him? Or, oh, I did, yeah. Really? Yeah, I was only there about three months mm -hmm. when Kodak asked if I'd do a commercial with Walt. And so we did that um, Kodak commercial. And I can't remember what magazine it was for, but it was in the, in the center of one of the magazines. For print? Yeah. It was down the main street of Disneyland, oh. and Walt and I were walking together, and, and the trolley was kind of going by, and the two of us were going down the main street. And uh, they were just taking all kinds of photos to just show, and it was an ad for Kodak, I think, just showing all the colors and everything else and how sharp and what a great place it would be to take photographs. So with Walt, you did the ad, and there were other times that you worked with him? Or well, dealt with him? oh yeah, no, I, I took some tours with him and, and things like that, but um, we did, I'm trying to remember, when they opened the small world. Um, so I had the chairman of the board, uh, I think it was the chairman of the board of, of uh, Bank of America who was sponsoring it. What do you remember about that opening? You know, it, 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 
all the balloons. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I've seen pictures. <laughs> it was quite spectacular. They set up an area, you know, kind of outside where the lines would be, where you would go through. And um, Walt was there, and I can't remember who other, the other dignitaries were besides, and I want to say it was the uh, CEO of Bank of America. And he had his grandson and his wife with him. And so we had toured a bit during the day through the park. And then, you know, they had the, the opening and the ceremony. But towards the end, all of the balloons yeah. were going up and flying up in the air. And they opened the ride and everybody got on. And we were one of the first boats to, to go through. Had you ever ridden it before then? No, I hadn't. You're right. For the first time, it's grand opening. Wow. Yeah. How special. The very first day. Yeah. Hmm. You were a finalist for the first ambassador, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. How did you hear about that program? How did you hear about it? Do you know? You know, it went throughout the whole park. Oh. And everybody was invited to go out. And wow. so uh, a bunch of us as tour guides just, you know, in fact, I think it was Marsha Moeller, one of the other tour guides. She hmm. said, I think we should do it. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> no, I don't. I know. I, I was never one to do any of those things. So. Wow. giving a speech? Oh, gosh, yes. Really? Oh, it was petrifying. <laughs> <laughs> was there a big crowd for that? You know, there were a lot of people out hmm. there. There were a lot of people. It was scary. You know, I, growing up in a foreign country, coming back to the United <laughs> States stateside and starting your freshman year of high school, it, um, this, this was a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had lost my father when he was oh. just 40 in a plane crash down oh. there. So it, you know, to suddenly be involved in something like that, I mean, it was incredible for me just to be a tour guide and then mm -hmm. to be a VIP hostess. It was just phenomenal. How did you end up going again and becoming ambassador? And why did you choose to do it again? Because... Bob Mormont asked me to go out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had no intentions of going out again, ever, none. <laughs> and you didn't do it the following no, year? No, I did not go out the second year. I know a couple girls in later years were saying, oh, we, we were encouraged because you had to go out three years. And I thought, I didn't go out three years. <laughs> but no, Bob very specifically called me into his office and uh, asked me to please go out for it. And Bob, he really did kind of head us, the VIP hostesses and the tour guides. He was above Sicily, and he really was over us. I saw him a lot more than uh, anybody else, except when I became the ambassador. Then it was a little more Jack Lindquist. Yeah. And not so much Bob. What was the process to become oh, ambassador? You know, it all kind of 
kind of blends into the same just because I did it twice in the yeah. same sort of situations. Uh, I know that Card Walker was there for a couple of the interviews. And we had interviews where they, we were up at the studio and they'd bring us in separately and ask us questions and different things about how we'd handle this or that or what did we feel about this. And um, we would do some luncheons. I remember luncheons mm -hmm. going out. Um, but I can't remember how many of them were the first year and how many of them were the second year yeah. or the third year. Um, and I know the ceremony for the announcement was in the Golden Horseshoe Saloon. Really? Uh-huh. One of my favorite places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it there. <laughs> and that's where it also was when um, when Sally Sherbin, the next one, or oh. Sasha, she was Sally at that point. She was the one that was right after me. Do you remember hearing your name or any of that? I know it's Oh, like, yes. Yeah. I remember almost passing out. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a surprise. You know, I think we were all up there with our knees knocking and just, just not sure what was going to happen. Really? But, uh, yeah. But I remember afterwards, uh, all the interviews with the press, different people, and then, then uh, going back to City Hall, and I don't know if it was Charlie Ridgway or Eddie, but somebody mm -hmm. took, you know, a, a press interview with me for a press release that they went out all over. And I tell you, I have a little journal here, and I didn't even start until January of 67, but it was really fun to kind of go back through that and remember mm -hmm. some of the things I did. That was such a transition year, I think, for the whole Disney organization, both the studio and the park, because yeah. they weren't sure if they were going to keep the program or what to do. You mean after Walt passed away? Yeah, yeah. because I had just been selected. Mm -hmm. and was on my way down to San Diego to do, oh, a bunch of TV radio shows for the Christmas parade. Okay. And I was going down there with a couple of the characters that are in the parade. I think they were reindeer or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got the phone call or heard about it as we were on our way down mm -hmm. and uh, turned around and, uh, you know, I, I, they asked if I would like to continue in the day, and I just didn't think I could handle it, so yeah. I turned around. I went north and met a lot of the mayors for all the towns up north, and, oh gosh, Tulare County area, and San Francisco, all, all over, and I remember Frank and I went up there, but they made me an honorary ambassador for Orange County, and then there was, I think, I know there was an award that they gave me from Anaheim, city of Anaheim, on behalf going to or for Walt Disney. Oh. But uh, they were, you know, as I said, there was a lot of press that year, just, I think, trying to transition and figure out how it was going to work when it no longer represented Walt, but only the studio at Disneyland. Yeah. And... Um, in fact, I, I wondered when I was reading my notes if Anaheim and Disney both shared the tab on that one because hmm. I was representing both of them for some of those. I did a 21-city and 22-day tour, oh I know, for the reopening or re-releasing of Snow White. And that was, you know, we, we did fly on Walt's planes quite did a bit you? at that point. He had two planes, the Queen Air and the King Air. Hmm. And so we used the King Air when we went back on that one back on the East Coast. And what did you do as far as the Snow White promotions? Um, you know, I traveled with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And mm -hmm. So they were in all the photo shoots. They did the hospitals, the malls, and so all the kids could come up and talk to them. And then any radio, television, anything else like that, I was the spokesperson. 
And this was across the country, or was this already? Uh-huh. Oh, it was. Most of it back east. Oh. 21 different cities, so. Oh. Cincinnati, Cleveland, <laughs> Boston. <laughs> wow. In fact, we ended up in um, Las Vegas. Oh, really? Because I remember there was a theater there on Charleston Street. It was the Charleston Theater, and they had my name up in lights. Really? Well, I mean, me and Snow White crew. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so... Were you involved in the promotion of The Jungle Book at all? Because that came out that year. You know, it did, and I was at the premiere, oh, and were. I did a show with Art Linkletter. Really? Yeah. And he was interviewing some kids, and, and then we, we talked a bit on the radio and all as well. So I, I did a lot of radio and No kidding. I, you know, I, I, a lot of it. And, and I was also there for the Mary Poppins premiere when I was a tour guide. Oh, you're kidding. No, Over so, the uh, we, we got to work that as tour guides to help usher the people in and everything. Did you report to anybody when you were ambassador? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Did I report to? <laughs> I questions. think it was basically Jack, but very oh, okay. seldom did I do that. I, And it's funny that you ask, because I don't even remember who would contact me about things. A lot yeah. of the times, it was Eddie oh. Mech or Charlie Ridgway out of the advertising department. Oh, wow. That would say, you know, we've got a photo shoot for you. We've got a press conference, and um, you know, I'd have Frank Forsyth. I went out with several times. Other times, there were guys from the uh, Disney Studios that went mm. out with me. Um, you know, I don't remember Bob Warmhout working with me very much after the program. Mm. Um, I know Jack Lindquist was with me a couple times, especially for the opening of the New Tomorrowland. Right. Um, but I guess that Jack really was it, because I remember towards the end of the year, I was getting a little frustrated because I wasn't in the park at all. Oh. And I'd be going out speaking or doing this or that, and I didn't feel that I had the connection in the park that I needed. Interesting. And um, I remember towards the end of the year going out to, and going into Jack's office and just saying, you know, I, please give me something to do in the park. I, I need to be in the park. If I'm to keep the enthusiasm, if I'm to keep the wonder of it and everything, I need to know what's going on day by day. Yeah. But I would be at home until they would call me and say, this is your agenda for the week. Oh. And, uh, you know, many times I was just waiting for the phone to ring to, to say, yes, you have a speaking engagement and, or, or, you know, we're going to do this or do that. Um, I was supposed to. There was a, a trip that was planned, I think, through the studio where I was supposed to go down to South America and go through Argentina, Brazil, and some of the the uh, countries down there. And so, I mean, I've got notes in my book, shots at the county, shots at the county. I went and took all these different shots and everything for the trip. And the date to leave just went by without anybody saying anything to me. Oh, and they just decided that maybe it wasn't a good time or something like that. Hmm. And then I had Emperor Haile Selassie on tour, and he invited me to come to Ethiopia. He was going to send his private plane for me to go. So I was reading up on Ethiopia and the White Nile and getting all the shots for that. And that just kind of went by the wayside. And I never really knew what was happening. And I finally said, well is that going to happen or not? And they said, no, the studio wasn't sure. You know, a blonde, blue-eyed girl going down to Ethiopia, and we're not sure about the political situation or anything. Wow. So it, it was that kind of a situation where I think nobody really knew what to do with me sometimes. 
Yeah. It's interesting you were at home. You weren't in an office. Did you get paid regardless if you were at home and they didn't send you somewhere? Right. No, I got paid 100 a week. You did? 100 a week? Yeah. Wow. No, 100 a week, no matter what. Wow. But, uh, you know, it, it just... But that was part of the thing, and I was so glad later that they did give the girls an office, or they did give them a place over in the the um, administration building where they could be part of what was happening. Because yeah. that, I think, that is essential. Yeah. It's very hard to represent something when you're divorced from the situation. Yeah. So I would go in sometimes just to see some of my friends or things, but it was a strange feeling because I didn't have anything to do unless... There was a special tour they wanted me to take or a photo shoot or something like that. I, I know we did a 10-page layout for Look Magazine. Oh. So a lot of the pictures were done up at WED, and um, and that was, I think, before the new Tomorrowland because we were doing the WEDway things and, and all of that. And um, so a lot of that was going on. As the ambassador, you were involved at least in the grand openings, right, of... There was the Tomorrowland, and that was your Pirates of the Caribbean open? Right. And I remember the Pirates, and I remember the big to-do out there on the ship with all the guys. So Were you uh, on the ship? Were you a part of the ceremony at all? Yeah. Oh, you but I don't remember, you know, other than being there and taking people through, and I'm not even sure who the people were I took through that mm -hmm. day, but I was there Yeah. and uh, part of it. I was watching, just this morning I was watching, I did see you walking through. It's funny, Connie is there, and Wally Bogue is on the ship as a pirate. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I saw you walking through, but I didn't know if you, but you were on the boat for the whole, the, the rum. I was. But the I barrels was. of rum and all that. that yeah. They were doing. You know, and I, I'm not the most outgoing of people, so really? I know that was one thing with Jack Lindquist that, you know, he always wanted me in all the pictures. and. Mm -hmm. I wasn't real good about forcing my way into a picture. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I, I know that was one thing when Twiggy came out. They were filming a TV show with Twiggy and her oh. trip to the, the United States, and yeah. she was there. And Jack just kept pushing me into the shots, and I kept saying, Jack, you know, <laughs> they want the picture of her. You know? So, you know, kind of a wild and crazy day, and, and the two guys that were with her... Mm -hmm. Um, one was her boyfriend, and the other, I think, just kind of did some of the photography and all. But um, it, it, it it was an unusual day. <laughs> and I, I did see you quite a bit at the Tomorrowland Grand Opening. That was a huge thing, because I think it was all, and all like, they really just redid the whole land. They did. They really did. They took out a lot of things, refreshed, refurbished, and... And um, they had, uh, poor Roy Disney, they had Roy Disney Sr. Mm -hmm. They wanted him there as a Disney to do it. And he did not like the limelight. Oh, yeah. He did not like being out in the public. So the, the two of us were kind of joking about being in all the shots because neither of us oh, really. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he turned to me and he said, she can handle this just fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. What was he like? What kind of a person was Roy? You know, very nice, very, very thoughtful, very easygoing, but just a very quiet man. Huh. I, I don't think he liked being in the foreground at all. That's funny. He really was very content 
doing whatever he could to help Walt fulfill his dreams and what yeah. he needed to do. What was the ambassador when you became ambassador? Was there any kind of a description or anything of what the ambassador was? Or, or in your mind, what was it? You know, they, there may have been. I just don't remember. But I, I just knew that I was to represent the park as well as the studios. Oh, it was. And, um, and I know a lot of people wanted to know, well, what did Walt die of? What was he like? What was, And just very diplomatically, you know, trying to always focus on um, his um, inventiveness and what he wanted this man to be, you know, a place for the whole family. Yeah. So that's what we would always try to focus on, yeah. what he wanted it to be and what it was being and how it had continued and thrived. Right. What was Walt like with you? Oh, he was so nice. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was scared to death when we did that, that uh, commercial for Kodak. And he just kept joking and making me laugh and laugh and until finally the photographer said, too much teeth, you know, oh, really? <laughs> quit laughing. <laughs> but he just, he knew I was nervous and he was doing everything he could just to relax me wow. and to make me feel comfortable. But uh, he just, he was just a very, very nice man. I never saw any side of him that was nothing but charming and considerate hmm. and just very uh, low-key. Nobody yeah. on a pedestal, any of that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I think he loved Disneyland. I, I oh, think. he did. Could you tell when you were with him, just he really loved it? Oh, oh, golly. Hedda Hopper came out, mm -hmm. and I took Hedda Hopper through. And what a brassy woman. I really? Know you. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> he kept, he would come in and join us every now and then, and he oh. came up at one point, and he said, you've got to see my birds, you've got to see the tiki room. Oh. And she said, what is it with these damn birds? I don't care about any birds. <laughs> and we got over there, and, she, and before we could go in, some of the women who were working in the hat shop, you know, in that area by the Jungle Cruise, yeah. came over and presented her with a hat they'd made, a special hat. <laughs> and she really didn't even want to take it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because Hedda Hopper always wore hats. Yeah, she right. All these hats. But, oh, you know, she, she took it from him, and, and then we went into the tiki room, and, and she saw all of it. But, you know, she was just, she was a different piece of work. Really? Oh, funny. <laughs> but she just couldn't figure out what was with all of his birds. So. <laughs> Peter Ustinoff and I did a, a photo layout for one of the magazines of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Because he was doing Blackbeard's Ghost at the time. Oh, okay. So he was he was playing one of the pirates, mm -hmm. and uh, so we did a, a photo shoot, and it was up. You know, reading my notes, it says that I was up at the studio with him. So mm -hmm. we did some of it up there, yet I remember the photos, and we were, you know, he was standing next to the, to the woman that's selling her wares or up for auction or whatever. Oh, what special opportunities. Well, you know, it really was. I looked at my journal, and a, and a day out of the park would be like at 9.30 in the morning, Plaza Inn, a press party for Tomorrowland with Roy Disney and Card Walker. Wow. 11.30, pictures for look on the Wedway. Wow. 12.30, leave for San Diego. 2.30, Kogo's Corner Tape, the television show. 4 o'clock, Kogo, Johnny Down Show Live. <laughs> Return at 6.30 in the evening. <laughs> wow. What is Kogo? Kogo is the, the station. Oh. Those were the call letters for the uh, KOGO. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, 
that was a, a day. And another yeah. time it was leave at 6 in the morning for San Diego, 7.30 do the Sun Up show live on KFMB, and then at 9 a.m. do another tape for another program at 12.30, meet a man from a television station from Tijuana and drive across the border for a coffee break. Really? Yeah, and, and that was with Thumper. He went down with me. <laughs> And then you get back at 7 at night. So a lot of it was done with the characters, too. Yeah. Because they wanted, you know, for the kids to get to see that. That's amazing how much you did just in a single day. Do you have another page like that? yeah. Let's see if I can find more. Oh, golly, there was a tour I had with the president of Turkey. Really? Oh, my gosh, that was something. They had to put the, the car... I drove over to the heliport, over the Disneyland Hotel to pick him up, and they had the security at the park monitoring that limousine all the day before and that evening because they were concerned about any threats or things. So I drove it over, and I remember there were four fire engines there waiting for the helicopter to land, just in case there was any kind of emergency or anything like that. Were you nervous? Oh, come on, Scott. I would, I, yeah, that's what I would think so. <laughs> do, wow. do knees knock me? You're doing... <laughs> I mean, here you've got a president and the security. Oh, my gosh, the security was so heavy. Yeah. But uh, he came through, and then I drove one of the little cars up and down Main Street. Oh, did you? Through. And, and then did the same thing with Holly Selassie was when he came. He, we had all of his security team walking alongside the car and and with us, and then he had his little dog, Lulu, in his lap, this little chihuahua. <laughs> so, uh, and who was that, Holly Selassie? Emperor Holly Selassie of Ethiopia. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating man. And, and really? uh, I mean, I, I'm a history buff, and so I had read so much about him during the World War and, and just different things that happened and went on and being sent into exile, just just a lot about him, and, and to, to get to meet that person was really something. Yeah. And to meet Sir Edmund Hillary, who, you know, climbed Mount Everest, and yeah. Dr. Leakey, and, uh, you know, just, just a lot of people like that. Wow. So it, it was an incredible opportunity for a 21-year-old girl. It hmm. was just phenomenal. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.